Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast and in this episode we have with us Lakshmi who is working as an associate manager for talent acquisition at New Space Research and Technology. Hi Lakshmi, thank you for joining us. Hi Archie, thank you so much for having me. Finally, I'm super excited to be here. So am I. So just to give some sort of background to our listeners, could you please take us through your career journey so far? Absolutely, absolutely. Um Archit, I come from an engineering background and I think like most kids um out of 12 standard um it was either engineering or medicine and then I just decided to pursue engineering at that point in time. Um right after that um I think there was a brief time period wherein I was trying to contemplate and understand um which trajectory that I would want my um career to be headed towards and um I had a conversation with a lot of mentors back in the day um a good number of well wishers that i was interacting with um at that point in time and i realized that i had a calling in human resources and that's where i decided to uh pursue a course in management with a specialization in human resources and that's when the career in human resources began um soon after i think um in the year 2017 is when i became a part of a defense organization which which was predominantly focused on r&d and manufacturing of pcbs for the public sector entities and the european market i started off as a talent acquisition trainee uh with some amount of uh, exposure with hr operations um this was a very brief stint of about 6 months um post this i moved into an automotive sheet metal fabrication organization in the talent acquisition space this lasted for about a period of 2 years um i'm currently associated with an aerospace and defense startup as an associate manager for the last 2 and a half years and at the moment i'm managing talent acquisition and scaling up to manage uh talent management as well um and i think in the entire career span that i have had archit uh, one thing that i take immense pride in is i have been a part of indian organizations including the current organization which is a part of a make in india initiative and all of the organizations that i've been a part of are founded and scaled by indian entrepreneurs so this is one thing that um has been very coincidental i must say and very exciting to be a part of the journey that i have currently undertaken yeah definitely and as it rightfully should be i mean we all should take pride in being associated with indian organizations absolutely absolutely yeah definitely and i like it's kind of inspiring to you to see somebody obviously as you very well mentioned that you know, most of the time when we are in that 12th grade we just end up taking either <laughs> or medicine and then you finally find your own grounds and then you take yeah. it ahead that's very inspiring yeah so since you've been working in this industry and you carry good amount of experience hmm. so as a talent acquisition spe- specialist what is your approach when it comes to you know building a talent pipeline 
as we say yeah um so actually this is something that did not um happen overnight for me this is something that i had to learn and um figure out i think fortunately fortunately for me i have had um some amazing managers that i have um, worked with um currently working with as well um wherein the amount of insights and the flexibility to work and build things for myself and the organization has been huge that being said um building an active and ready to access talent pipeline um unfortunately cannot have a just in time approach as much as we uh, wanted to be now in the most recent vuka ecosystem that businesses operate in and also with the multi generational workforce and the skills that are coming into the market um i think understanding and getting a sense of where my talent is coming from takes the highest highest priority while uh, building a talent pipeline now gaining clarity here um eventually helps in bridging the demand and supply gap um and then things usually become a lot more simpler now three things that i usually do um as a part of building a talent pipeline is segregating the skills that my organization needs now one part of it would be to have the niche skills i'm sure every single organization has its own niche skills um then there are also the hot skills that are out there in the market and then there is the typical continually available skill sets that are um there now how is it that i am categorizing all of this now niche skills are those wherein there is a combination of expertise plus experience now identifying and attracting efforts for these skills are a tad bit higher and there is a very limited window to negotiate with candidates that actually have these niche skills in the market obviously um, it's needless to say that the compensation is high and this is a very very uh, candidate centric and a candidate driven market now hot skills um most of it if not all companies are after these skills right everybody wants um this to be a part of their organization um their competitive advantage and so on attraction efforts are high now when i say attraction efforts are high what is it that we are offering um that the other organizations are not so there is a certain amount of distinction that needs to be developed here again a competitive market very limited window to negotiate and this is again a candidate driven market now the final category is the generally available skills that are there throughout the year all season the organization wants it can go get it right so these are how uh, these are probably ways that i broadly categorize um my skill sets and the way i approach building a talent pipeline now i mentioned um multi generational workforce another very key influencer to building an effective pipeline would be a culture fit assessment and the ability to fulfill an individual's personal goals and the needs from an organizational perspective while the long long term goals of an organization are also met now the reason i'm emphasizing on this is each generation has their own set of requirements their own set of personal goals that they want to achieve their own set of ideas of an ideal workplace as well so this is another factor that is recently come in that i think all organizations are striving towards achieving that right balance uh, at this point in time now i think 
a healthy pipeline is imperative to have and it is an extremely rewarding exercise to undertake because um having a successful and a well performing employee at the end of the day is all everybody needs now in the automotive and the defense industries that i have been a part of and currently also a part of um this has worked this has worked extremely well and um i'm sure this is something that can be replicated and tested as well if not already done in other industries yeah pretty much um, i mean it makes a lot of sense to you know you yeah. very beautifully categorized the requirements for creating a pipeline talent pipeline and at the same time i mean you know this amalgamation of personal needs of your employees not really personal needs but the kind of expectations that they have from the organization and at the same time the organizational goals so that amalgamation is definitely very important so if it it, it has worked for you i'm sure other people and our listeners can also yes. replicate yes so um, another thing that i've also um, experienced in the past is um every single candidate has their own aspirations for example um somebody may not have had a chance to probably be a part of the armed forces but they would be okay being a part of an organization that is working for the armed forces so there's always that amount of compromise in trying to make up for things so as long as we're able to bridge the demand and supply i think we're good yeah very true so another very important topic and that has sort of become a buzzword as we say is the employee's yeah. mental well-being yeah. how can you make employee's mental well-being a strategic priority in your company um as you rightly put it um, archer there is so much noise around mental health in the recent past there's so much being said so much that's being spoken almost i think every other forum that is talking um having all of this mental health uh, experts that are coming in and giving up giving in their opinions and all of that but um for me personally um keeping the hr uh, piece aside mental health is one aspect that is very very close to my heart and one thing that i very ardently also believe is that everybody has to be a champion for themselves and for people around them with respect to mental health in fact um i think a couple of months ago i was reading up on um the trends that are there in in the entire mental health wellbeing space and um there are a lot of alarming things i must say that are out there um and as it turns out about 90% of employees in any organization have either dealt with mental health issues themselves or they have come in very close association to mental health through their um, network their personal lives acquaintances and so on um and as it also turns out a majority of our workforce with um severe mental health issues receive very less to no treatment uh, when it comes to mental health all right and depression anxiety and the feeling of loneliness happens to be the most um uh, reasons or the most highlighted reasons to seek professional help and this is something with in spite of all the noise that's happening there seems to be a lot of taboo even with respect to seeking help that being said i'm sure organizations that have invested in emotional and mental well-being of employees they are certainly reaping the benefits of having an emotionally invested employee now what does an emotionally invested employee give us 
these are employees that typically go above and beyond to ensure goals are met uh, these are employees that show extreme accountability they display a huge amount of ownership and most importantly and i cannot emphasize enough on this is they display a certain entrepreneurial mindset to accomplish things for an organization and i think this is the best outcome of an emotionally invested employee now for making mental health a strategic priority i think three things is what we need to focus on one is employee demography now this is just goes back to the multi generational workforce that i was referring to now why is it that understanding this aspect is important because a baby boomer's mental health issues are definitely different from that of a gen x or a gen z or even the gen alpha that is coming into the workforce today now understanding what is causing mental health issues in the workforce is absolutely important because each of them have their own generational upbringing and so on now one question that you know a lot of people um have also asked me is this is this is something that um that can be done say in an organization which has a lesser workforce we're trying to understand every single um generational employee but how is it that you can do it say for a larger organizational population say with a 500 or even a 1000 member organization now here's what i have for it um there are multiple economical platforms and solutions in the market today that are ai driven to analyze, analyze employees pulse there are multiple platforms that can understand how an employee is feeling emotionally and i think organizations that are invested in mental health well-being uh, will be able to invest in a platform or a solution like this just to ensure that they are up to speed with respect to whatever is happening down the line so employee demography is definitely one of them second is to sensitize okay now one thing that all of us need to accept is mental health is not a taboo now different generations have different approaches to addressing mental health and regardless of what method we are going to use to sensitize uh, people empathy has to be at the core in any exercise that we are undertaking um with respect to employee sensitization so that's two third and i think um this is very important uh both from an organizational perspective and from the managerial perspective is to be patient patience is key people with mental health issues are not poor performers neither are they any less productive than the best employee of the year in your organization there said it now just because a person is not able to cope with a certain situation or a stress does not really mean that he or she cannot perform well now to be able to wait and to be able to give an employee a chance at getting better is sometimes just all the support an organization can provide all right um mental health like i said at the beginning is a huge um topic a very subjective and a real relative uh, issue to address but i think figuring out the demography sensitizing the workforce and being patient with people who are undergoing a certain mental trauma would be um the best strategy to equip ourselves with yeah i completely agree and you know most of the time when we talk about mental health you know we are usually just talking about it the, the yeah. rest of the two um, processes are missing 
which is their sensitization and being patient. So, yeah. I mean, we could see it from like the helm maybe of it. Like we have an upper view of it, but when we go and find out if it's actually working or is it actually being leveraged, then, you know, most of the times we don't see any such sort of results. So having yeah. this internet process in place is very important. Anyway, yeah. you just mentioned it. Yeah, thank you. Um, And it's important uh, because I think like you rightly said, there are things, but then having it a process and I think at the end of the day, being able to quantify these results are also equally important at the same time. So Yeah, very true. So now we're talking about, the, you know, this entire industry. So what were some workplace insights that you have had or you might have come across in the last year? Because uh-huh. you have somebody who's yeah. very observant and I'm loving the learning that I'm getting. I'm sure our listeners would also agree with me on that part. Sure, sure. Uh, 2022, for whatever reasons, um, and for a lot of reasons, was an absolute whirlwind. Um, I think it was this one close to stable year uh, in the pandemic era that we have seen. That being said, uh, there are three things that, you know, that kind of stood out uh, for me in 2022. But it's not just... I think specific to 2022 at this point in time, but I think these are trends that are here to stay. Um, First things first is employees' health, mental well-being and safety. Um, This is something that COVID has taught us a very, very hard way. Um, And organizations that are invested or rather that have been invested in um, mental health and employee safety will continue to do it. In fact, more if not um, the existing status quo. And I think those that haven't will definitely jump into this bandwagon and I think those that haven't must get on to this at the earliest. That's one. I think the second trend that I have uh, seen, again, this is because of the COVID period, is the focus and the emphasis that has been there on skills over jobs or the roles that a particular employee is currently in. Now, why I'm saying this is a lot of jobs or roles are getting digitized and automated because of which there is a rush to upskill and stay relevant for a huge uh, chunk of workforce. Now, there are very new skills that are coming out into the market, which are also in demand, coincidentally. These are, of course, from the technical aspect of things. Um, But there are a lot of soft skills also that have come into picture and that have come into demand, say the likes of emotional intelligence or managing dispersed teams, And even having an effective digital communication um, are some things that are extremely sought after uh, like never before. And the third that I have seen is increased diversity and inclusion efforts. Now, one thing that I have noticed, which I think is a breath of fresh air with DNI efforts, are increased trainings on unconscious bias that organizations are undertaking. And The best thing out of this entire exercise, I think, is AI being in the forefront. AI has been leading this right from, I think, CV masking all the way to conducting anonymous workplace surveys to making employees and organizations more inclusive. Automation and technology has definitely played a key role. Um, And I think these three trends um, are here to stay and for a lot of people are, when I say people, a lot of organizations are also uh, focusing and emphasizing on this at this point in time. Very true. 
So now that we have spoken about 2022, and my next question was definitely around what do we get to see 2023? Wow. Though yeah. all these yeah. trends that you mentioned are here to stay, and yes. I agree. I mean, is there anything else that you would like to add? Yes. Um, I think two more things. I've already specified the technology aspects, but there are multiple trends, not discounting it. But I think at the heart of it, human resources is going to be driven by customization at this point in time, be it talent attraction, talent acquisition, and even talent management for that matter. Everything about human resources is going to be fundamentally customized and designed to what each employee wants and what each employee is aspiring to be. And this is going to form the foundation of a lot of you know, rewards and recognition programs or learning and development programs or whatever it is that we have in the human resources um, aspect. Um, And this, I think at the end of the day, will have a different value proposition for employees in the organization. And this is going to be um, the most fundamental thing that HRs need to focus on. Customization is going to be key. Yeah, very true. I completely agree. And I'm sure our listeners would also agree. And thank you, Lakshmi, for joining us. It was truly like we had some great insights from you. And it's completely an honor to, you know, get to imbibe such amazing learnings from somebody who's you know, I really love the way that you have sort of categorized everything and, you know, answered it wholeheartedly, as we say, rather than just doing it from the above. So thank you for that. Thanks, Archit. I think um, this was something that I was really looking forward to. And I'm really happy to have done this. I'm super excited about it. Thank you. So am I. Thank you. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in.